you know, attention is incredibly important. You know, if you want to grow, having attention is, is, is huge. But I always talk about the attention economy. And I think at the other side of attention is trust, right? And if I can get your attention, hopefully I can earn your trust. Or, or if I have your trust, I can get your attention, right? So if I show up on, on Clubhouse and people trust that what I say is usually on, on point and engaging and inspirational, they'll give me their attention. They- You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, General Manager of the U.S. Market for Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents leverage the power of verified reviews. You can find out more at RateMyAgent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 267 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. And I am telling you right now, you're going to want to tell all your friends about this episode. I am I am feeling a couple of different things. One, I feel remiss for, for waiting too long to do this. And two, really excited to have this conversation. I am going to be talking with guests from episode number five, um, somebody that uh, I, I first interviewed five and a half years ago. Uh, on the Real Estate Sessions podcast. I'm talking about Sean Carpenter. You, you're right, at Sean Carp on social. Uh, Sean speaks, this uh, build relationships, solve problems, have fun. Sean Carpenter is an amazing guy doing some really cool stuff. And I thought it'd be great to catch up with him since uh, with some of the things that have happened in the world and some of the new tech that's out and and really just to catch up with a good friend. So uh, kick back, relax, enjoy this uh, little conversation. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Bill, how are you? Great to connect again. You know, it's, it's been so long, hasn't it? I mean, five and a half years. Now, we, we got to be really honest. You and I, I would I would say since spring of 2016, we have talked to each other, um, not just on a weekly basis with our little fun project, the Stare Down podcast, Sports Talk and Real Estate, but I would say whether digital or whatever, uh, via texting and all these other opportunities, social media, we maybe talk every day in yeah. some way, shape or form. I think that's probably fair to say whether, you know, through, whether, like I said, through social and, you know, what bring, what brings us together is real estate and sports, right? And and so if we're not talking real estate or some aspect thereof, there's pretty much sports on every day of some sort. And, and because we're sports fans, you know, across all channels, so to speak, it, it really gives us a great thing to, to talk about. And, and you've, you know, it's kind of a, I've blended both worlds in my fraternity, you know, brotherhood with our friend Todd and then my post college fraternity. But, you know, we've created this little little tribe, I guess is a good way to say it. And yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's amazing. And I think that and now it's now we know each other's families. It's just a typical Sean Carpenter M.O. If you, if you get my drift, I mean, you um, all the relationships you build all focus around not just real estate. It's about everything. It's about it's, it's about life. It's about work. It's about family. It's all awesome. yeah, those next levels of, of the onion. So you know, so many people I don't think ever get a chance to sort of unpeel the onion with people. They know them as you know their their lender buddy or their title person or their inspector, but they don't really know the rest of the story. And sometimes when you know the rest of the story, it's pretty. You know, there's so many more opportunities then to go that next level and 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 be genuine. You know, which is kind of a buzzword. Yeah, and I think. Let's talk about that genuine buzzword. 
what's really apparent with me, and I've had the you know opportunity to hang out with you at different conferences. Um, you stayed at our place. I mean, you know, I, I've gotten to know you as a friend. None of that's like for show. You don't do things because there's an ulterior motive. I think it comes from it really does come from a, a place from within. Just hey, I just really like to get to know people. Yeah, I I really do. I I I ask people's names all the time. I try and use people's names. I remember little things. I I'm blessed with a, a great memory, and so you know, and I don't pull that out for any type of show. I just it's just kind of that little rain man quirk that I have where I just remember little facts and, and we played golf this summer in Pinehurst and you guys were amazed that I kind of knew exactly where we were. And then, and when I see pictures of the course after the fact, you remember, I remember like what, what you did on that hole or what I did yeah. on that hole. And it's just, I don't know why I have that, but it's, it's great. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful skill, a wonderful yeah. piece of genetics to have. I think it's, it's super cool. Well, look, typically on a, real estate sessions podcast. I, I go back in time and I try to get your story, but we've done that already. It's it's on an episode five and it's way back there in the archives. In fact, I listened to a bit of it today and man, I'm not happy with the uh, production value at all. But <laughs> yeah, I remember exactly where I was sitting. I was sitting in one of my offices in Cincinnati uh, ah, on an yeah. old set of earbuds and you know, kind of the, the evolution of the technology and your podcast and, the, and your guests. Yeah. I've really been fun to watch. Yeah. So, so I'm not going to put you through that ringer again. I think what I'd rather do is I've seen you many times on stage. And for those that are newer to the podcast and haven't listened to episode five, by the way, I'll have the link in the show notes so they can go check it out. But give me that. I, 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 I can see the slides <laughs> that, that you use when you describe, you know, how did you get into real estate? We'll let you do your two and a half minute. Sure. So after graduating from, from the University of Florida, I, I became a golf pro. And I worked as a golf pro at, at a big resort course in Brooksville, Florida, which is about an hour and a half north of where you're at, uh, Bill, maybe two hours with traffic um, in, in a place called Brooksville, Florida. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Florida, it's if you think of Florida looking like a gun, it's kind of where the trigger would be. Yeah. Um, and I was, a, I was a golf pro there for a couple of years. And I, then I moved up to, to Cleveland, back to my home state of Ohio and worked at a private club there. And then got out of the golf business, moved back to Columbus, where I'm from, and became a beer salesman. Worked for the Miller and Coors distributor, called on all parts of the city, but eventually landed at the Ohio State campus. And Bill, I, I'm sure your listeners can imagine if you're ever going to sell beer, pick a spot where there's 45,000 students. And that's a really good spot to sell beer. And I loved it. I was good at it. I obviously loved the product and I was knowledgeable about it. I, I really enjoyed the relationships I built with my shop owners and barkeeps and all the people around the campus area. But I really thought to myself, what would be a career that allowed me to drink beer and play golf? So I got into real estate. And I, I, I made, I've made my way through the real estate silo as an agent for four and a half years. I became a branch manager, uh, loved the coaching and training part of the management job, but hated the managing part of the job. So our company named me the director of training for the coal banker companies in Columbus and Cincinnati. And I did that from 2005 till 2016. In that time frame of, of being up in front of a classroom of, of new agents or top agents or whoever it was that needed you know, the education and development, I started speaking at some state association events and some local association events and some coal banker brand events. And I really got the passion for speaking. So in 2016, I made the decision to sort of retire from the director of training role, jump back into sales, working with buyers and sellers here in central Ohio, as well as open up my own company called Sean Speaks. And so since 2016, I've been traveling the country, talking to real estate audiences, big and small, as well as a few businesses outside of real estate, which maybe we'll get to in a bit. But um, and I and I'm back act actively working with buyers and sellers. I'm not 
I'm not trying to sell hundred houses a year. I'm trying to sell enough so that I can kind of keep my, my finger on the pulse of the market so that when I talk to my audiences, there's hopefully some credibility that I'm not just someone telling you what to do. I'm someone who's actually doing the types of things. And I see the frustrations of MLS not working one day or a website being down or a client not following up or a co-op agent leaving a back door open on a showing and things like that. So I, I have a little empathy and some credibility. So that's what I've been doing. And I, I've really been loving it. And obviously we made a big change and, and shift last year with the speaking kind of going virtual, which, which I think we're going to talk about. Yeah, we'll definitely chat about that. Before we get there, you are um, you have an incredible knack for putting presentations together around themes. I guess that's a safe safe way to put yeah. it. In fact, talking to your your frat brother Todd Meininger, um, it's something you've been doing your whole life. I mean, even back in your college days at, at UF, you were you would do parody songs and and do all the very creative kind of a guy. True. Yeah, I, I think I I'm blessed by a hyper creativity. Um, which I think, yeah. you know, is, is, you know, whether it's in my carp art drawings or whether it's in my uh, parodying of songs or just kind of being a general smart ass, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I, I take a lot of chances. I say some things that, you know, I try a lot of things. I, I always see things, you know, me, Bill, I, I think in acronyms, I think, you know, it's great teaching methods and, and things like that. But I maybe it goes back to when I started writing those parody songs for our sorority invitations, right? We'd go and sing to the sororities at their dinners to invite them to parties and things like that. And, and so I always think of words, you know, when I hear a word and I think of, all right, what would that rhyme with? And, and what's a little play on that word or how could I use that in a pun? And so um, very, very creative from that standpoint. I think I get that from my mom who was a school teacher and, you know, my mom does a crossword puzzle every day. And, you know, it's just always that, that feeding things into her brain. So yeah, create, creative for sure. Yeah. How many presentations have you prepared? Like right now, if I said to you, you know, send me your menu of presentations you do for the real estate industry, what's that number? Well, I mean, I probably, because I can personalize and take bits and pieces out of them. Mm -hmm. But if you, if, if I put them up as like kind of a book on a shelf, like if I was, you know, uh, you, you think of Stephen King and all his books, or you think of the uh, Avengers movies, I, I probably have 40 to 50 different you know, presentations up on a shelf. And then obviously I can then modify accordingly. You know, one of my, one of my favorite uh, mentors, Kim Doherty, who was the director of agent development in, in St. Louis. He's actually the reason why I do what I do because I was at a conference, one of my first coal banker national conferences. And uh, it was in San Diego. I remember, and Kim was speaking. I just was so inspired by his storytelling and him sharing practical, tactical things that I leaned over to my buddy, Fred, who was sitting next to me. And I said, that's what I want to do. And he said, what, number 19? You know, because Kim was sharing like 21 ways to grow your business. And I said, no, I want to be that guy in front of the room that was sharing that idea. And, you know, and, and, and Kim gave me some great advice when I started speaking. Uh, he said, Sean, every class you do, you should have two names for it. So let's say you're, you're looking to hire me, Bill. And you say, Sean, what, what's a class you can come down and, and share with my, with my top agents? And I say, well, Bill, how about my, my realtor's toolbox? Tools, tips, and techniques to build your business. They say, no, that sounds too basic. And I say, all right, how about get in the game? How to score big in real estate and have a ball doing it? And you say, yeah, that sounds good. It's kind of the same class, just with different titles. So the problem I have to remember is when, when someone hires me to speak, if they hire me to speak again, that I don't pick the same type of class. So I can take lots and lots of bits and pieces. Because you know what, Bill, you know this, the business is pretty simple. It's about my philosophy, build relationships, solve problems, and have fun. And all the other things whether it's technology or social or follow-up or listings or 
leadership, a lot of the concepts, a lot of the stories can be kind of worked in in different ways across the, you know, across the message. You know, just like listen to some of the great a lot of Jimmy Buffett songs revolve around a couple themes. Yeah. Music, drinking, boats, you know, uh, yeah. you know, that type of thing. So that's kind of I guess my philosophy is my catalog of classes is wide and vast, but I also try and make it so it's not just about real estate. I mean, you know, some of my topics, right? I have a rock and roll class, uh, which is called getting in tune with your audience, what real estate rock stars can learn from real rock stars. I have a class about automobiles. I did a class for a company in Arkansas uh, a year ago called hunting, fishing, selling every day. And it kind of took a country music and outdoor theme. I, you know, I just have a lot of fun doing classes because I I never want to be bored teaching because Bill, what I found is if I'm bored teaching, I know the class is bored listening. And so I do lots of outside the box, uh, not just your typical fill in the contract and, you know, put a sign in the yard type classes. What would you say to somebody who is, is the Sean Carpenter that was listening to Kim and decided they want to be in front of the room? What, what what, what would you say to them? Uh, Get in front of the room more, right? It's kind of like what you say to people about, I want to do more videos then hit the red button and just hit record. And you're going to have to do some free stuff to begin with. You know, you're not going to be able to probably give you a paid speaker. So you're going to have to do some classes. And you know what, Bill, I started in my branch office, right? I started in my branch office doing like how to do an open house. Um, And then I started getting invited by our director of training at the time to come up and teach that little segment of new agent training on open houses. And I started getting good and, and people asked more questions. And then, you know, what, what was a half an hour visit turned into an hour and a half visit. And then teachers said, wow, Sean's really good at this. And each month I know I can count on him. And then the, you know, so, and then start with your local board, right? Start at your local association and then maybe your state association. And if you can get outside of real estate, that's even a great opportunity. I know some people do Toastmasters and some people do BNI groups where they, where they're sort of forced to stand up and present, whether it's a minute or two minutes or three minutes, so just take opportunities, but I think it all starts with just getting up in front of a small audience and probably have that one signature class that you can go to. What's that thing? You know, is it Instagram? Is it Snapchat? Is it, you know, how 10 ways to grow your TikTok audience, which may not sound like a really viable audi- uh, topic bill, but there's probably a local state association out there that's getting lots of their members asking for information on TikTok. And so you become that person you start honing your craft, you start getting some confidence, you start getting some good feedback. And the next time that director of training is looking for somebody to teach the next hottest topic, maybe they say, Hey, can you do something for me on this topic or this topic? And so that's, that's kind of how I grew my, my business. And then I got a chance to speak at our company event, did a great job with that. So they invited me to our company event in Cincinnati. And they said, we really like this guy. Maybe we'll make him the director of training. Cause he seems to have a good knack for being in front of an audience. So that's kind of how I grew that. Before we talk about 2020, which we're going to do, Let's, we got to talk about Inman. I think that was a, for both of us, right? Uh, a great way to grow a network um, na- nationwide, to meet a lot of people from all over the country. Tell me about the first time you were an ambassador for the, one of the Inman events. Yeah. So I, I want to say it was probably the first time they had ambassadors when uh, Katie Lance and Chris Smith were both with Inman, who mm-hmm. you've had on the show before. And uh, I've had at company events and, you know, Obviously, we watched them on there. Uh, they used to do agent reboot tours, yeah. and that was kind of the it, it was a it was a spinoff of Inman Connect. But a lot of people got to know the Inman name brand and the Inman flavor 
through agent reboots because they went to the, some of the smaller cities. They weren't just in New York City and San Francisco where the two Inman Connects used to be held every year. Um, so I got to meet those people. And then my friend Deborah Trapin, who was with Cobalt Banker Bain at the time in my similar role as agent development director out there, had met me at some Gen Blues. And so I think when Katie and Chris were, were tasked with creating the ambassador program, uh, they you know, they probably went to a couple of their close peers and said, who else would be good? And I was lucky enough and honored enough to be selected. And I presented it to our company to say, you know, can I go represent our company in this role? And it was a great opportunity, obviously. And that network of that first class of ambassadors, which is still kind of the OGs of the ambassador program, are all still, you know, it'd be interesting to see how many of the originals have been on your your real estate sessions. Oh, I'd quite say quite a few. Quite That's a, a good number. There's probably only a couple we could probably talk about offline that, that haven't been. And it's only because, you know, they're from out of the country or uh, maybe no longer in the business. But it's just been a great, you know, I go back to the word tribe. You know, um, I think all of us in some form or fashion are leaders in our in our home networks. Mm-hmm. And then we get there and we collaborate with other leaders. It's kind of like a, you know, this may be too big of a way to say this, but it's kind of like the McDonald's All-American game. All these mm-hmm. kids are are all Americans on their own team. And then they show up with other all Americans and the LeBron James is the group rise, you know, rise above and the Kevin Garnett's rise above. And so there's, there's some people that are really good at what they do, but they're all great at what they do individually. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a wonderful, wonderful way for me to, to get to meet a lot of people. I mean, I, you know, you can just rattle off the names of the people that you have relationships with now that you can reach out to in a moment of need or just to share something cool or whatever it is, you know, that you've built from this, um, connecting that goes on and connect. I, I, I talk about it a lot on the podcast, right? Because you're right. A lot of the people that I interview on this show, I met there. I mean, I'm very open and honest about it. I really find myself reaching out to that, that network, a lot of times when I'm doing a presentation and I maybe want to double check something or I want to say like, hey, who's a great source? You know, I asked you the other day for who's a great source for someone that, that you look at is really strong with video um, or, hey, have you used use this new tool mm-hmm. or, you know, can I get a sound clip from you uh, for a presentation? It's just, you know, and, and because of the fact that the way the team has been assembled by originally Chris and, and Katie and then, you know, Meg and Laura and Brad and, and then Joe and 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 uh, Lori, you know, it's not just real estate agents. It's there's some people in the lending. There's some people in outside trades. There's some people that are in boutique companies. There's some people in big brands. There's some people in small markets. There's some people in big markets. And so it's a really nice mixture uh, of male, female, uh, older, younger, uh, all different races and diversity, I think is the right word. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really, it, it, it's a great kind of snapshot of our industry out in the field. Let's talk about one of the, one of the, the best things that happens in Inman, New York every year. Uh, we're going to miss it this year, unfortunately, but um, share the story of O'Hara's, how that, how that played out, how that got started. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just was thinking about that today, Bill. I was thinking this is about the time of year that we'd be getting into town and heading down to the, to the, what's that called? Kind of the ground zero slash market district, um, you know, stock exchange area. So a couple of years back, my, I think it was my first time or maybe my second time in, at Inman. Um, I wanted to go down and see ground zero, never been there and was never really impacted by it other than the way most Americans were just by being American that day. Mm-hmm. So I went down and, and Terry Conrad, our friend Terry Conrad from Vancouver, 
said, Hey, Sean, I went down there yesterday and I went to this place you've got to go to. And it, she goes, it's a little bar called O'Hara's and it's right next to a fire de- department. And you'll, you'll love what they have up on the walls. Make sure you sit at the bar and ask to see the book. So my friend, Jeff Kirshner, who, you know, Jeff, he's a mm-hmm. realtor in, in the Chicago area. He and I had planned to go down and, and take a look at ground zero. I went down kind of, I got down there early. He was running late. So I got down there early and I said, Hey, I'm going to meet you at this little bar called O'Hara's. So he went down and walked around the ground zero and met me there. And we sat there that first night at the bar and, and you've been there. It's a tiny little bar at that lower level. And we met Polly, who's one of the owners. We didn't know it at the time, but typical New Yorker. We started talking and, you know, we had, we had been in Times Square, Bill, for the last three days. And so we were drinking like $2 beers, $3 beers, which is a lot different than Times Square. And then we had some, some food and we, you know, we had some more food and we had some more beers and some more beers and some more stories. And Polly really opened up to us about this, this place that has become kind of the, the unofficial home of all first responders and all those we've lost in the past, especially on that day in, in 2001. Um, I remember we left that night to catch the train back to Times Square. And we said to Polly, we said, uh, how much do we owe you? He says, he looked at us and he said, I don't know, how about 25 bucks each? Now, Bill, we, we had more than that in just food, let alone, you know, the, you, you can imagine Jeff and I putting down some Coors Lights there. We, we had easily spent 150 bucks worth of stuff. So he goes, no, 25 bucks, you know, so Jeff and I threw down a, a healthy wad of cash, you know, and Polly wouldn't take it. He's like, no, no, no. And we said, no, we're, we're just going to leave it on the table and give it to your, to your kitchen staff, whatever, you know, the next night we, we were supposed to be at a party in Times Square and Jeff and I looked at each other and said, you want to go back to O'Hara's? And we went back to O'Hara's and Polly was working again. And he could not believe that we had come out of our way to hang out with him that night. And that's what started the O'Hara's tradition um, is, is going in there and, and you've been there now and you, it, you feel that place. And if anyone who's listening to this, if you haven't been, it's on Cedar street, not hope on knock on wood after this pandemic, hopefully they're still there, you know, a year from now. And, and we go back every year and people come out of their way and every single person, Bill, you watch the people that have never been there and they walk in and they're like, it's just another bar. And about an hour later, they're like, now I see why we come back. Yeah. It's, it's a tribute. It's a great place. Yeah, when the book comes out, and the book comes out every single time we're there within minutes, great. For people who don't know, the book is a, a big three-ring binder of clippings from that fateful day and, and uh, tributes and pictures from the bar and, um, you know, the stories of the firemen that used to drink, you know, at, at O'Hara's that were members of the firehouse next door. And almost every one of those guys was lost that day. And, and, and it's kind of just a, a place to kind of honor first responders, fire, police, rescue um, yeah. military. And when you walk in there, there's, I think there are over 10,000 patches now, uh, from fire departments, police departments, and responders all around the globe. I mean, they're, they're on the ceiling now. Yeah. Um, and it's really just a neat tribute. And so thanks Brad or Bill. It's a, it's a neat spot for me to bring people back. Yeah, that's cool. Let's, let's talk about 2020. Man, it started off so great. We were in men, everything was moving along. It was fun. I had a flight out to San Diego for my 34th rotisserie league draft. It was all good. And then the pandemic hit and things changed quite a bit. So, um, you know, I know you spend 75 to a hundred nights on the road with Sean speaks and all yeah. these engagements you have all over the country. I mean that talk about the, the, the sudden change and what happened for you. Well, I mean, I, I remember I was speaking at uh, the Ohio association of realtors doing a class the day before we left for our spring break. 
and you know you'd heard about some things happening and you heard about some of these you know certainly our friends in Seattle and and we're having some you know the early conversations like you know what's happening and what's this going to do and is it bad and but everybody life went on and everybody you know kept kept moving and then all of a sudden kind of on spring break we remember that that you know I guess right before spring break that basketball game we were watching when yeah. Rudy Gobert uh, was diagnosed as COVID positive and and then they shut shut it down. And then later that night, the NBA stopped playing. And it was just kind of that weird moment. But um, it went from 180 miles to to stopped. You know, you, we, well, we've all experienced driving down a freeway. You're making great time. And you come up over the hill and you see all the brake lights. And you're like, oh, what's this? And then you realize it's not just slowing down. It's stopping. And it's kind of the best maybe maybe metaphor or visual of what happened with with the world. I mean, we all shut down. Nobody knew what to do. Um, and, but we all, we all just kept thinking like, eh, this will, it'll get back to normal in a week. It'll get back to normal in a week. You know, this too shall pass. And we all tried to stay positive and, and then it just kept changing and changing. And, but you know, people still had to do things. We still had to figure out how to do things. We had to find ways to help. And, and first of all, everybody had to stop and figure out what the rules were, right. Yeah. Which were different in Michigan and Pennsylvania and California. And, you know, I, I, I give a, huge pat on the back to the national association of realtors and the RPAC money that people donate year in and year out to, to fight for us to be an essential trade, which, you know, you think about everything revolves around real estate, right? Every single person that's working somewhere where you're listening to this right now is going to go home tonight to some place. And everything they do is contributing to the economy of the town, the city, the state where you're listening to this. And, and we, to, to know that we get to be, an integral part of that bill in whatever facet of our real estate industry that we are. I think that's kind of a really prideful thing for me that what we do is really important. And so that was just a big deal that we got to still help people on their journey to buying and selling a house. Cause listen, it's, it's happened in, you know, many people listening to this have been through, you know, 7%, 8%, 9% interest rates. Some people are laughing going eight. I remember eight, you know, I remember 12, 13, 14. And guess what, Bill? People still bought and yep. people still sold. Yep. And you had to figure out how, ways to do it differently. It was just it was just 11 years ago, 12 years ago, that we had 17,000 homes for sale on the market here in Columbus, Ohio. And this morning on the MLS, we had 1,700 homes for sale. Wow. So, and, yeah. and, and you know what? People are going to sell real estate tomorrow. People are going to list real estate tomorrow. People are going to sell real estate tomorrow. And so we just got to keep finding ways to to build relationships and solve problems and have fun. Yeah. I know you've been able to continue speaking, right? In fact, you were early on, uh, you were a huge help for me because in Florida, you know, I was able to go virtual very quickly and comfortable with Zoom. I had a Zoom account for years. And uh, and so, yeah, you, I think I'm going to say 15 or 20. Total. With just you? Yeah. With just me and you, just kind of talking to different people around the state, you know, which was great. I, you know, to this day, I still owe you a lot of beer, but, (laughs) but, um, but you were able to kind of keep that thing going, keep your Sean speaks going, right? Yeah. I think because, uh, you know, I, I'm comfortable, uh, talking, you know, we've done the podcast for years, you know, we started Mm -hmm. back on different, different channels, but that we, we moved to zoom early. So we were very comfortable with it. Um, and being able to jump on with somebody and share up five minutes or 15 minutes of things and from a positive mindset, things that you could do. And that's really been always my, my Ballywick or Baileywick. I'm not sure how you say that, you know, that, that thing that I don't try and speak above my own level of education. I just say like, Hey, here's what's here's stuff that works. 
you don't need to go build a website or start a blog to be nice to somebody. You don't have to, to, to reach out and ask for help, you know, and it was, nobody knew what to do. No one knew what was going on, but I knew that people needed help. And so I was reaching out to, I started with our local company. And so then our president, Joe asked me to come on as a voice. A lot of our, our agents knew and Sean, what are some things agents can be doing right now? Well, they can still write handwritten notes. They can still call people. They can still be kind on social media. They can still offer to help instead of to sell. So it was just, and then I started sharing and then other people, you know, were, were reaching out to me. I, I reached out to a lot of my people that had hired me to come speak. And I said, Hey, how about I jump on with your, with your office on a virtual session and I'll share, you know, a little, you know, a little acronym called timeout, like things they can be doing during the timeout. Right. And, and things that you can do to, to get ready. And then I turned that into a class called, you know, how to keep in touch when you're not supposed to be touching. So I think I did that presentation probably 35 times, if not more around the country. And guess what? It's, it's still relevant today. Yeah. We had a bunch of them. <laughs> we did. We, we did a bunch. We did a little, your database is your, you know, is your yeah. database. Um, yeah. So, I, and I loved it. And I, you know, and, and that has allowed me to continue to stay busy. I think if you count since March, how many times have I been on like a web webinar, zoom call all every time I've been on a zoom, I bet. 200 and sometimes, including probably, you know, 50 to 60, what I would call speaking gigs, speaking opportunities to speak to an audience who showed up at a certain time to listen to me speak. And so that's fantastic. And I, a lot of those people were people that had hired me before that says, we know Sean can bring the content. Let's have him deliver it to us from his basement in Columbus. <laughs> speaking of your basement in Columbus, where you're sitting as we speak, you've done a few other things. Yeah. Obviously, you had more time on your hands, right? Uh, you were still busy being a realtor. You sold homes this year, like every other realtor. It's been busy in your area. Um, but let's talk about some of the some of the additions. You know, I'll, I'll lay a couple out there. First of all, uh, you mentioned you know Carp's Corner. You know your blog, which has been around forever. Uh, per near a thousand episodes, or did you hit a thousand? Uh, no, I'm a thousand and forty-two. Yeah, so you went by it this last this last year, and then. Um, but you added a, you added a component to that. Um, we've got to talk about lost lyrics because, yeah. you know, and you know why we got to talk about it because I'm really bad at it. Uh, <laughs> and, and your carps conversations. I mean, you had these things going, right. It's, it's, it's like a, an example for others. Hey, when this kind of stuff happens, you got to kind of think a little bit outside the box. Let's do some other things to stay connected and keep building relationships, solving problems, having fun. Yeah. You know, I, I, I jumped on the, you know, I, I was doing the zoom calls and, and, you know, it was kind of, if you think back to it, how much fun people had doing their like zoom happy hours with their friends yeah. and, and people would connect and all the boxes would be there. And, uh, and then I reached out to some of my fraternity brothers and said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do a zoom call. And it was some of my close fraternity brothers. And then I said, let's invite a few more. And I started reaching out to those next group of people that were in my fraternity, but I wasn't close friends with. And I, I did one, I did, I think four or five weeks in a row, Bill. And the emotions and the excitement of some of these people that hadn't seen each other in 35 years and they got a chance to connect and like people would faces would come on the screen and everyone would scream, Oh, look, Bill's here. And, and it was like, where, where are you now? Oh my God, your kids are graduated college already. And so that was fun. I did, um, I started doing Carp's Corner Conversations, which was just, I, I saw that tool called StreamYard and I, I was intrigued by it and I did some research on it and found out, hey, you can get this for 25 bucks and 25 bucks a month, whatever it was. And it's a great way to get the two screens up and it looks clear. And I started inviting some of my mentors, Kim Doherty and Chris Leader and uh, Matt Ferrara 
And, and I just had a chance to kind of chat with people uh, one-on-one and invite people in so I could leverage Facebook Live and, and talk to an audience. And then I, I had this idea to kind of blend trivia and music, two of my favorite things. And I, so I just went on Facebook Live one night, kind of like I've done for years, Bill, with my Ask Sean when I'm on a layover in an airport where I just randomly go on and see what type of questions people ask. So I thought, I'm going to put together some of my favorite songs, but I'm just going to talk the lyrics. And so I went on Facebook Live and I, I was just looking at the TV and I said, hey, it's called Lost Lyrics. If you want to play, I'm going to read you a lyric and you type in the comments what song it is and who the artist is. And it's not easy by any means. When you, you know, if, if there was music playing right now in a jukebox in the corner, we could both sing along the words. But when you just hear the words talk, spoken by me in a monotone voice, it's really difficult, right? Yes. Some, yes people are really, some people are really good at it. Others are not. So I did that for the first week and got a bunch of views and a bunch of participants. So I did it the next week. And the next week I had this great idea, Bill. I said, people are saying you should sing the song, which they don't want to hear me sing it, but they, I know what they meant. They wanted me to sing the tune of the words, but I said, I'll just say the words, but then I'll play a little clip of the song. So I was on Facebook live and I pulled my phone out next to my laptop and I played the first song and people guessed it. And I said the second lyric and I played the song and then all of a sudden, Facebook Live went dead. And so I didn't know what happened. So I logged back in and my Facebook message says, you've played unauthorized music. You have been shut down. Yeah. So I found some workarounds and long story short, we're in our third season, as I call it, uh, probably done 40 episodes, including some guest episodes for Inman Connect and Riso and my friends at uh, MRED up in Chicago. Um, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun you know, building some relationships and some networks of people. And listen, our last episode, I have agents from Tampa, from New Jersey, from Arkansas, from Nashville, from Cincinnati, from a couple Canadian people have jumped in. Uh, We have people from Michigan. It's just been a ton of fun. And it's, Hey, listen, it's something to do. It's a Friday night when shelter in place happened is when it all started. And it's kind of just something people I think look forward to now. It's that, it's that um, old Prairie companion or what's that? Yeah, Prairie Home Companion. Uh, yeah, it's that, it's that little thing. <laughs> We're right there. With Sean Carpenter uh, playing music. Yeah. yeah. And we've got some great themes. You know, we have, uh, you know, I've done songs with the names in the title, songs with mm-hmm. states or places in the title. Uh, we do one, two, threes, you know, things like that. So it's been a fun. Yeah. I tell people, look, just find Sean on Facebook. He's He'll be promoting the, the next Lost Lyrics. Good luck. You probably won't see me there because it's one of the most frustrating, difficult games. My brain is not wired that way. Yeah, um, no, you I, say to me, you say, "Of course, it's easy for you. You have the lyrics in your hand." <laughs> that's true. Look, my my thought process is this: I I listen to the musical instruments more than the the words to the song. It, yeah. Is that possible? I think that's just what the way I work. Like yeah. I'm listening to the bass. You know, I'm listening to the different instruments doing their thing, and I just don't catch the lyrics as much. You so. know, it's, it's funny, Bill. I did a uh, I did a an episode a couple in December, right? Right before the holidays. And it was music only. I didn't do any lyrics, but it was music only. And no, I did do, I, I take that back. I did do lyrics, but it was the, the theme was called musically speaking. Mm. And so the first 10 songs were um, the first lines of a song. Then the next 10 were the best electric guitar riffs. Then the next were acoustic guitar riffs. And I did bass guitar. Then I did drums. So I played like drum solos that you'd recognize um, we did horns and harmonicas. We did strings. We did, you know, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, I've got you here and I, you know, you, 
you have your fingers it is on the pulse of a lot of different things. And I know you've been playing a bit, a little bit in Clubhouse. As we record this episode, Clubhouse is probably six weeks old, I think, somewhere in that range. Probably older than that from the very first people. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And it, from the chapters, it's probably right the week before Christmas, or yeah. week before New Year's. Yeah. So um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I've heard some people describe it as a like a live podcast, which but but with feedback where it's a, it's a yeah. two-way street. There already are people talking about, well, the real estate people are going to go in there and kind of turn it around and turn it into a marketing sales tool. And it's so, well, what do you think? You know, I've, uh, I've got mixed feelings on it. Um, I've seen, I've seen lots of the next great social channels come and go. All right. We saw, um, we saw Google plus, you know, we've seen different channels, uh, come and go, you know, Snapchat was going to be the next big thing. And then Instagram kind of stole what Snapchat did with their stories. Um, now there's TikTok, which is a whole different audience. And it's not, it's, it's more of a look at me than it is a social channel. Um, there's been lots of things, right? There's been lots of places. I think clubhouse has some legs. I do think there's some neat things and I think it will settle down right now. It's a, it's a big, big, big look at me opportunity, which is great for someone who's a speaker who can build an audience. Because when you are talking, you're on a stage is, is their terminology and you get to invite people in and your profile's front and center and people, you know, it can lead to following and can lead to voice. But, you know, as, as some of the marketing people you listen to, right, the, 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 the Scott Stratton's, the, the Seth Godin's, the Gary Vaynerchuk's, you know, attention is incredibly important. You know, if you want to grow, having attention is, is, is huge. But I always talk about the attention economy. And I think at the other side of attention is trust. Right. And if I can get your attention, hopefully I can earn your trust. Or, or if I have your trust, I can get your attention. Right. So if I show up on, on Clubhouse and people trust that what I say is usually on, on point and engaging and inspirational, they'll give me their attention. They might tune into a, a, a session I'm in the same way they might show up at a class at their local board if they knew I was in town speaking. Right. If they trust me that I'm going to deliver a good class, engaging class, relevant class, they'll give me their attention. So how do you get from attention to trust or from trust to attention, right? If those are at the top of the clock, let's say, yeah. how do I get around the clock face? Well, there's two things. Well, it's one thing, but what I'd put at three o'clock and what I put it at nine o'clock would be patience. Hmm. Patience. If I have your attention, I got to be patient that over time I can earn your trust. And if I have your trust, I got to be patient that over time I can continue to get your attention. And guess what, Bill? The attention economy works in everyday real estate. It works in in what you do with Rate My Agent. It works with testimonials. It works with that. So I think right now I'm watching to see who can start developing trust to start having room. So it's not 800 people with people just vying to talk. Um, there's still a whole lot of people that are self-proclaimed gurus or listen to me while while I'm speaking. I'm a guru and I know how to do. Facebook ads, or I know how to do YouTube monetization, or I've sold millions of dollars of real estate, which usually means they sold two $500,000 houses, which equals a million dollars. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things about our industry is this million dollar club that people tell people they're in. Yeah. I've never been to a meeting one time of a million dollar club. Um, I don't even know where it's at, right? But the perception is a million dollar club for the people that aren't in real estate, maybe listening to this. If you're in the million dollar club, that means you made about $27,000 that year. Mm-hmm. You sold a million dollars worth of real estate, right? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe more, maybe less, depending on you know how it's broken down. But um, so I, th- I think it's fun, Bill. I think it's neat, and I think the probably the best spot is 
a friend of ours, Anthony, will say a small viable audience. I don't need to speak to a stadium if a if a coffee shop would be better for me to speak to. Yeah, um, you know, I don't need to to talk to everybody just so that I can say I talked to a stadium or a, or a big clubhouse of people. If I talk to the right people, then then that's you know that's probably the best audience is the one that trusts me and will give me their attention. I've had people ask me about podcasting and the same thing applies there, Sean, the right audience. It could be 500 people that listen to your show, but if those 500 people can make a difference in your life and you can make a difference in their lives, that's a killer podcast. Yeah. It's not about about numbers. One of Seth Godin's favorite uh, blogs that I ever read was called first 10. And this whole concept was, don't try and do something for a thousand people until you first tell 10 people. Because mm-hmm. if 10 people hate it, why interrupt the other 990? But if 10 people like it and you can tell 10 more and 10 more, that what will happen, Bill, is those 10 might tell 10 more and those 10 might tell 10 more. And now you've got 100 people that want to hear what you have to say. And so start with 10. You know, the, the old AB test, maybe just start with A and then <laughs> B. And then a B test, right? Yeah, and yeah. so I think Clubhouse will be interesting to see how it goes. Listen, there was people, I guarantee you right now as we, as we record this, there are people trying to write the book, How to Maximize and Win at Clubhouse. And it will come out and people will buy it the same way people wrote How to Dominate Google+. Plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And that book is, you can't give it away at the dollar store right now, right? right? Yeah. So if it works, great. But Bill, three months ago, Parler was one of the fastest growing channels in social. Where is it today? You know, it's, you know, by the time this is released, who knows where it'll be? But as of today, it's non-existent, right? right? It's, it's on hiatus, so to speak. So look, I hope it works. It's, it sounds like it's a great platform. And listen, I think you could meet people. You could build relationships. You can learn some, some people that might be able to help you or people you could help. And so it could be a great channel. Yeah. It's just a different channel because it's voice only. So I think it, you know, it allows you to multitask. It is that live podcast that, you know, people, I have heard many people say that this session, this podcast is one of the few that they continue to listen to, like I do every week, because it's got great topics. It's on point and it's, you know, it, it hits people in the wheelhouse that is their, is their topic of focus. Yeah. Well, Sean, I'm looking at the clock. You know what that means? means it's time for you to ask me a question, right? Yeah, I have to ask you that same final question. I that I, I asked you the same question back in September of 2015. So let's see if the answer's changed. I'm going to guess no, but uh, let's see how it goes. So, Sean, if you could, you had to give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? Well, the stock answer would be to build relationships, solve problems, and have fun. But my new answer for this new episode is to... Make it a point to listen to every episode of the Real Estate Sessions. Because if you do that, you will get a mixture of some of the coolest people in our industry. And anyone who's not in our industry that Bill brought on, you can learn from their podcast as well about what they talk about, how they how they grew, where they're from. Uh, probably my favorite part of every, every episode, Bill, is when you get the backstory of people. And you learn about their sports loves or their hobbies or interests or how they grew up or, you know, what they've learned. But I I mean that because, you know, 
our sports podcast came out of me responding to each episode saying like, you should do a podcast or a sports podcast. And you said, I will, if you will, well, I'm going to say it out loud. Now you should take all the answers to what would piece of advice would you give and put it into a book, put it into a blog, right? Um, you know, put your money where your mouth is and, and, and hire someone to go in and listen to every one of those things. And cause you went what almost 200 episodes before an answer was repeated. Right. Does that sound about right? Yeah. About 150. It was way deep. It was yeah. shocking to me. And people oh. say sort of the same things, but in a different way, like yeah. a lot of people said, get a mentor, but they didn't just say, get a mentor. They had a story for what that means. Correct. And so, so I don't think you knew I was going to say that, but I would say, listen to almost every episode of this. And you will get something from that. And and I will give kudos to you, Bill. Uh, you've become such a better interviewer. You were great at the beginning, but you're such a better interviewer now. And I, once again, that's a great example of when you do something enough times, I know I'm a better writer because I've written a thousand blog posts on Carp's Corner. Um, yeah. You know, Karen Carr is a better videographer because she's done that many videos. So yeah, another great episode, by the way. Yeah. Another great episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I look, that's awesome. That, that all of a sudden now, when someone says, what's your favorite answer to that last question? Cause when I get interviewed, people always ask that I'll go, go to episode 267. It's a, it's a great answer from Sean Carpenter. Well, Sean, it's been great. It's been, a, I, I love doing this. Um, hopefully we don't wait another five and a half years. The more I think about it, I should be doing this kind of on a regular basis with you. Uh, cause you are the uh, number one fan of the show. You've done a, a ton to help it grow, and, and uh, I can't thank you enough. So if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do it? Yeah, easy way would be go to seancarpenter.com, mm -hmm. which is going to take you to carpscorner.net. Um, for some reason, I can't get carpscorner.com. They, they, someone, someone has it. They don't want to get rid of it. They want to charge me millions of dollars for it. But yeah. um, seancarpenter.com, carpscorner.net. Bill, you know that people can find me on social, at seancarp on both Instagram and Twitter. I start on Twitter. I end on Twitter. That's my first opening of the day. And my end of the day is my fast. I love the fast pace and then, and the, the, the viral nature of the stream. Um, you can hit me on, on Facebook. Uh, but my blog is carpscorner.net. I blog every Monday, my Monday morning match. And something I started last year is my 30 for Thursday, which is 30 words or less. And I know you and Anthony count each time just to see if I went over. And I, I do. Check. I do. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's one of the hardest things I've done to try and get what I want to say into 30 words. Yeah. You know? um, so, good. yeah. So, so a lot of ways people find me or just connect with Bill and he'll put you in touch with me. Be happy to talk to your, to your organization, your, your, your audience, your, your team, if you have a real estate team and uh, share ideas on building relationships, solving problems and having fun. I'm going to second that thought. If you need someone to talk to your group, please reach out to Sean. I've personally seen him speak 20, 25 times. I've got the opportunity to share the stage with him once or twice. Very, uh, It's very intimidating to be up there with the guy who has every single, um, every single presentation down pat. It's just phenomenal to watch you do it. In fact, I might bring you the next episode you come on. I'm just going to throw out the best of Sean presentations and I'm going to throw out Fred. Tell me about Fred. Tell me about, and I'm just going to get stories from you. So just yeah. be prepared for that one. Okay. All right. I'll do that. Love, love to share those stories. Sean, thanks for everything tonight. I really appreciate it. Hi, Bill. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.